Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I am back for the final episode in our five-part exploration with James Gellert. James is the chairman and CEO of Rapid Ratings International. And today we're going to conclude by looking at business unit efficiency and coordination. Jim, first of all, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks for having me, Tom. Jim, I'm really excited for this episode because this, to me, really ties together a lot of the concepts that I try to talk about from the compliance realm, which is business unit efficiency and coordination. And you guys bring that to the fore in supply chain risk management and the financial health of your supply chain. So I wanted to start off with the question is, what's the ability of the compliance, procurement, credit, professional, and other cross-functional areas to have seamless communication of their data analytics and findings? Well, it's an important thing for them to do. Not everyone does it, but the only real hindrance is having a program that's mandated to communicate findings and to share information across those different units. And I think you just rightly pointed out so many different areas can touch on the risk management of a company from credit finance, compliance, to IT, to chief information officers realm, certainly compliance in its different functions, and then the supply chain and procurement. But different companies handle these different parts in unique ways. And what we're finding is the most evolved and sophisticated risk management programs are making sure that each one of those areas that may touch on risk is in some form or another connected with the others on findings. So there's efficiency in that process. Jim, one of the things that you have emphasized literally throughout this podcast series is that each one of these steps is really not to be taken alone or set as the step. It's a series of steps, but it's a series of steps leading to actionable information. I was wondering if you might now turn to after the analysis, after the ongoing monitoring and action steps arise, what do you advise companies to do to help their third parties around their financial health? So I think the first part of that question is really about how data can be managed and how knowledge from that data and analytics can be shared across the different business units. And when a compliance professional is able to benefit from the supply chain's continuous monitoring of a company and understand that when a company is deteriorating in financial health, that's when that company may have problems that are inadvertent to them or they may have problems that are created by them. So fraud in a company is more likely to occur when the company is weak and under extreme duress and pressure. Having a leading indicator like financial health that can tell a compliance professional when a company is weakening is a great way to winnow down the names that need to be focused on. Because let's face it, everybody has a lot of work to do. And when you've got supply chains that are 2,000 to 20 to 50,000 companies deep, It's really hard to have an efficient process to do all of that. So a big part of it is making sure that everyone's speaking from a common language and that the analysis and the findings from analysis are shared. And that's really part of developing workflow efficiency and also creating a return on the investment for an overall risk management program. 
The second part, I think, of your question is what can companies do to help the suppliers themselves with all of these parts using financial health as a measure? And it really gets to having a dialogue. And you used the word a moment ago and, and used it real well because it is about a company and its supplier and suppliers engaging in a dialogue. And it comes from transparency around financials and other risk areas and being able to perform the appropriate risk analysis that can be fostered through a dialogue. And the more a company understands the problems that its supplier may have, the more it can do things to help that supplier through those problems. And at the end of the day, companies want to continue to work with their suppliers. They're not looking for ways to stop working with them. That's costly and it's inefficient. So the more they can work with a supplier in a collaborative way to help them through any times of difficulty really benefits everyone and allows a company that is engaged in risk management and invested in a risk management process to be able to demonstrate that return on investment to the finance side of the organization, which, of course, everyone needs to do and always is trying to find more ways of doing. Jim, if I could translate that into uh, some compliance speak, the first part on determining the heightened risk and really focusing on those heightened risks would simply having a process by which your risks are identified and those risks that need managing and heightened managing are identified to you. But it also goes to part two, which you just spoke about, use the term dialogue. I would use the term not so much preventing risk from moving to an untoward event, but actually prescribing that risk by delivering a risk management solution to the third party. So that whole process, I think, is something that companies who utilize that then move to that third step, which you also articulated, which is greater business efficiency because they have not only partners that can deliver the needed products and services on a more regular basis, but also probably partners who are going to be more loyal and are truly partners, not simply third-party contractors. Yeah, no, I think it's really well put. And it's very much about having process in place. So when there is a problem identified, there's a workflow to address it. And that may mean pulling in different parts of the organization. It could be compliance in one case, and in another case, it doesn't need to be compliance. But if there isn't a well-mapped-out workflow for handling problems when they arise, then every time one comes up, it's a triage situation, which in and of itself is inherently inefficient. The one significant piece of advice that I would give to companies is that to put these kinds of processes in place that allow for uh, maximum leverage, maximum workflow efficiency, is there's got to be a mandate. And that mandate has to come from senior management. There's got to be budget for the tools necessary to be able to put these systems in place and these processes in place. But once that comes, the business efficiency and the gain that can come from this kind of an analysis on financial health and other risk areas really does pay dividends. And the companies that do it, I think, are benefiting significantly across all the different business units that it touches. Jim, that's really a great point because you certainly don't want to be either developing a process in the middle of an emergency or trying to triage multiple emergencies because you don't have a process that allows you to determine which emergencies are real and which need to be elevated for immediate attention or can be a through the triage process determined to be worked on a little bit later. So having that process in place, taking a look at your process every couple of years to make sure it's up to date is something that I would certainly advise any compliance professional or supply chain professional to do as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And also remembering that this isn't just about triaging problems, but it's about creating the strongest chain of suppliers in one's ecosystem that can grow with your business when your business is doing well. The last thing you want to do is be on a tear, doing great, have the opportunity to expand, but then all of a sudden there's a problem in your supply chain that you could have avoided, but you weren't being proactive enough to do so, and you actually impede your own progress. So it's very much about creating the most resilient chain of companies where you're reducing risks, but you're also expanding the opportunities to grow over time. Jim, unfortunately, we are at the end of our time, but I just want to reemphasize because that to me is probably the best point we could have ended on. We talk about a process to help not only identify your risks, but manage those risks. But then we've moved with that same process to create the strongest ecosystem of suppliers to not only foster business efficiency, but when you're ready to scale up and really grow your business, you'll have a true partner standing there with you ready to grow and hopefully generate much greater profits. Absolutely. All good points. I'm really glad we got to explore all of these and I've thoroughly enjoyed the series this week. Thank you. Well, Jim, thank you, and I look forward to our next series. Great, Tom. Thanks. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.